like I should have um, had my boxing shorts on and coming out with my hood up and, you know, but then you guys would have saw my legs and it would have been all over from there and you would have been like, oh, we can't listen to him. Look at those scrawny little things. So, so no, so, so we, didn't, we did not go that way. Well, listen, we are in this series called Greater Reward. And, and what we're doing is we're really looking at, hey, why is it that when in life we look around and we go, hey, it seems like we all want similar things, but yet people are getting different results. Why is it that we're seeing like, hey, I want the same thing they want, but they seem to be having better results, or maybe they look at our life with something else, and they go, well, it seems like we're the ones that have better results, and what they have, and we're looking around, and we're seeing, hey, we all have similar desires, but we're just seeing vastly different results, and, and I think that it really comes down to what is our focus when it comes to having a greater reward? Do we, do we really have that focus in life that we're really just going, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm, I'm, I'm all in, I'm focused in, and I, I want to dive in. Last week, we started this series with looking at the idea of the joy of discipline, and when it comes to the joy of discipline, a lot of us, we don't we don't put these two words together. We don't, we don't go, hey, joy and discipline belong. We're like, hey, joy's over here and discipline's way over there. And we, we, we put them pretty far apart. But really what we were able to discover is, is there really is this joy that comes through discipline. If we'll have the discipline and the drive to stick through, then we end up seeing really what it is that we desire. We have a better chance of seeing that come through, but we got to have this discipline to do it. So we have this joy of being disciplined because of what it is that we want to see, what we want to come about. But one of those things that, that just stops us in our tracks is this thing that we call the shame cycle. And, and the shame cycle, it works like this. It, the, the moment that we begin to feel some shame about something in our life, that we go, well, I need to, I need to try harder. I, I, I don't want to stay in this, this place, so I'm, I'm going I'm to try harder. And, and, and we, so we do, we try harder. And after we've tried harder, then our, our willpower begins to wane, it weakens, it begins to, to fade off. And after this willpower, after it begins to fade off, then we have this inevitable failure. And, and, and we just inevitably, we, we fail. And after this inevitable failure, we start telling ourselves, well, I'm bad. And, and, and as we look at ourselves and, and say, I'm bad, then we end up feeling this guilt and this shame. And after we feel the guilt and the shame, then what do we do? We end up trying harder. And after we try harder, our willpower begins to weaken. And after our willpower weakens, we have the inevitable failure. And after inevitable failure, I'm bad is what we tell ourselves. And now that we say I'm bad, we feel guilt and shame. And it's just a cycle that just keeps going and going and going. And how do we put an end to that cycle? Well, it's not about what we can do to put an end to that cycle. It's about living by the power of the Spirit of God that allows us to put an end to that cycle. And, and if you're not a Christ follower, if that's just where you're just not there, you're not at that place, you're like going, hey, I think I know a little bit about Jesus and I've heard some things, but, but I wouldn't say I'm a Christ follower, I wouldn't say I'm a Christian. I think that, that this is going to be a great series for you and you're going to begin to see some things about Christianity that maybe you haven't seen before. You're going to see some things that, that maybe you've seen some things in Christians that you're going, that's why I don't want to be a Christ follower is because of some Christians that I've seen and I've observed. But I think that as we just begin to look at this thing as a whole, whether you're not a Christ follower or whether you are a Christ follower, we can begin to look and see, well, God's got a plan for our lives. And if we're willing to go all in on this plan, well, that we're going to be able to live our best lives. So today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about change the way you think. That, that's, what we're going to, that's where we're going to hone in today is change the way you think. 
Now, I think all of us would have a story to tell that would start with, I used to think. That, that we, we've all got these stories of, of things that, that I used to think that we just don't think anymore. That, that maybe it was like, well, well, I used to think when I moved out from my parents that, that life would be a whole lot easier. And then we got introduced to adulting. And we went, it's not as easy as I thought it was going to be. That, that maybe you were somebody, you go, I, I, I used to think that, that, that parenting wouldn't be so hard or so demanding or so difficult. Used to think that. And, and, and you can even become a parent. And, and when you become a parent and you didn't adopt, and so they're like this big and, and you're holding them, it's kind of like, yeah, this is pretty easy. I, I don't know what people are saying. People telling me a baby's going to change. It doesn't seem to be changing too much right now. But then they get to be two. And, and, and when they're two, it's like, no, stop, don't. And then it's chasing after them and trying to keep up with them, right? That, that we have that. And, and when you thought that that was like, okay, that, well, then they become 12. And you're like, uh, two was easy. You know, I used to think two was hard. No, no, two is easy. And we change, we, we change the way that we think. Maybe it was something like this, that, that, that I used to think financing something and buying something was the same thing. That, that, that you know, it, it, if you're buying, if you, you, you have it, to buy means to finance. And, and, and maybe if you're at this place, you're going, I used to think that, it's because what you ended up discovering was, is you ended up discovering there's a whole lot more financial freedom that comes when you actually pay for something once and it's paid for instead of that every month you're being reminded of what you're paying for, especially if it's like something that is like a gym equipment that now you're putting hangers on. It's pretty expensive hanger rack, isn't it? And so, 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 we, so we used to think that, hey, financing and paying for was the same thing until you discover there's a whole lot more financial freedom that comes when things are completely paid for. And so we, we all have these stories of things that we could share about what, what, what we used to think. I used to think, but we have changed our mind. We've changed the way that we think about things. Well, what if we could change the way we think when it comes to making the most of our life? What, what, what if that would be the area where we would change the way that we think? And, and that we would really be able to make even more of this life that we've been given that I think for us, of, have, you, have you ever wanted to make some significant change and yet you seem to come up short? That it just doesn't follow, it's just not there, that the change doesn't end up happening? Well, I will tell you that changing the way that you think is the forerunner to changing the way you live. That, that it's the precursor. It's, you've got to change the way that you think before you're going to change the way that you're going to live in a positive way. With very little exception, would somebody go, hey, my life has just changed and changed for the better, and I never had to change anything about what I think. That For the most part, it starts by changing the way that we think. And when we change the way that we think, it's the forerunner to changing the way that we live. And then we will begin to see the changes in the way that we live with what we want to actually see happen. That, that all of us have things that we go, hey, I, I want to start something new. We, we've all had that. And, and we've all got some thoughts at times we've said, and I want to stop something old. 
that, that, that we, we, all of us can, can relate to these. And, but, but why is it that we end up giving up? Why is it that we give up trying to lose weight? We go on that diet and then we end up, we give up trying to lose the weight. Why is it that we give up trying to eat healthier? Why is it that we give up trying to stay out of debt? Why is it that we give up trying to stay away from porn? Why is it that we keep giving up trying to stop things, to stop smoking? Why do we give up trying to work on my marriage? Why is it that we give up trying to chase our dreams? Because I think all of us can relate to this. That there are things that, that we've, we've tried and then we end up giving up trying because we didn't see the results that we wanted and we didn't see them soon enough and they weren't big enough. And I wonder, how can putting our faith in God instead of putting our faith in ourselves bring the change that we need? How could that actually bring the change that we need? That we would stop putting faith in ourselves and our ability and what we can do and how we can muster and how we can push through. If we were to stop putting faith in ourselves and we would really just put our faith in our creator God. Because God who has created us, he has great desires and he has great plans for our life. That he does. He has these for our life and that he will give us the strength to bring these desires that he has and bring these plans that he has to bring them to our life if we will put our faith in him instead of putting faith in ourselves. And I wonder if we spent as much energy running toward God, running toward God's best if we put as much energy into running towards God's best as we do putting energy into resisting God's best, wouldn't we be living our best lives? I really believe that. But we've gotta be identifying where is it that I'm resisting God's best and how can I begin to run toward God's best? Well, this idea is an idea that, that started with me. It's actually an idea that we can read about in our Bible, that we can read about this together in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and we'll start in verse 24, and the Apostle Paul, that he's trying to train these new believers in their faith, and, and this is what he shares with them. He says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Then he says, Run in such a way as to get the prize. That, that if you're following along in your Bible, I mean, that, that last sentence, right, that, that's gold. That, that's worth marking, underlining, circling. Run in such a way as to get the prize. He says, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. Those two words are important words as well. Strict training. That, that's what they do. Everyone who competes goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. He's talking about the way that we would run with our Christian faith. That, that with our Christian faith, that the crown that we're going to get by, by living our life wholeheartedly for Jesus. The crown that we're going to get that's going to last forever. 
He says, therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly, and I do not fight like a boxer beating the air, this shadow boxing. He's going, no, I am really in this, and I am in it to win it. And what, what Paul, what, what, what he look, what, when we look at what he wrote here, he, he didn't say, hey, just, just, just be somebody that you're going, hey, enter, enter the race to finish. Just, just do that. Just, just enter the race just, just to finish. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say, well, just run, run to place. Run, just, just so you can get some kind of place. Run in such a way that, you, that at least you place. He, he doesn't tell us this. It, what else he doesn't tell us? He doesn't say, when at all cost. He, he doesn't tell us this either. He, these are things that he's not saying to us, but what, he, what did he say? That's what we really need to hone in on is run in such a way is to get the prize. That's the way that we should run our Christian life, our Christian faith. And, and we often don't see the change that we want. And I think it's because we just don't want it bad enough. That what we end up doing is we end up settling for feeling good, but just because we gave it some effort. Well, I tried. At least I tried. Have you ever, have you ever been around people that they celebrate triers. Moms, I'm probably gonna step on your toes a little here. But they're not the only ones to do it. But, but, but do we, just, we just celebrate triers. Well, at least you tried. Good for you, you, you tried. And, and when we celebrate triers, what we end up doing is we end up creating more criers. I, that's, I'm telling you, it's just the way it is. If we're just going to keep celebrating that you tried, we're just going to end up creating more criers. And there's a much better way that we would go about this. And I'm not against celebrating trying when somebody tried their best. But I also don't believe that trying your best is limited to the effort you're going to give it right when it's time to show up and do whatever it is that you were going to be doing. That I think giving it your best involves because I know I'm gonna do this, way back here, I'm gonna start training for it. And as I'm training for it and training for it and training for it, now I get to come over here and I do get to try my best because I have been training to do my best. And, and that we can't be celebrating people that are just trying, that they're not willing to do the training and put in the effort and the energy that's going to be required. Because if we do this, that, that we're just, we're, we're creating a society that, that, that said, there's no joy in discipline. They're not seeing what they want and they give up. They just quit. Let me tell you. When, when, when we die and, and we face eternity and, and we get before the pearly gates and, and, and there's judgment for every one of us to face, I don't think anybody's going to be there going, well, you tried to put your faith in Jesus, so come on in. It's not about trying. It's about actually doing. It's about this, this training that, that we need to be involved in. Jesus really wanted to make this point about well, that we actually do something with this life that we've been given. And so he, he would make up different stories, parables, these fables, to be able to teach a point. And in Matthew chapter 25, it was one of these such 
fables or parables. And, and what Jesus does, he, he tells the story about a, a very wealthy man that is a business owner and he's going away on a long journey. And he entrusts to three different people that work for him. And he says, hey, here, here's, here's a stash of my cash. Here's a stash of my cash. And here's a stash of my cash. And he gave different amounts to each. And as he gave this amount to each, he went away on a long journey, and, and he finally comes back a long time later. And as he comes back, he, the one that he gave uh, 10 stacks to, he, he, he doubled it and gave, I got 20 now. To the one he gave five stacks to, he doubled it, and he had 10 stacks. And then to the one he gave one stack to, well, he brought that stack back and said, uh, here, here, here you go, and boss, and um, I, I brought it back. I, I didn't lose any of it. And... And in this parable, he says, well, you're a wicked and lazy servant. I, I, I entrusted you with this, and you did nothing with it. And then he took from him what he had, and he gave it to another who was willing to do something with what he had been given. And so that's, that's what training is. It's about doing something with what we've been given. And we've all been given a life. And that we would be willing to do something with this life that, that we've been given. And so why is it that so when we look at our lives, sometimes we're not winning? Why is it when we look at our lives that, that we're not making progress? Why is it that we aren't seeing the difference that we desire? And I think the simple answer is this. Because we tried. We tried. And it didn't work. So why bother? So I quit. I gave up. All because we just settle for trying. And sadly, I think American Christianity has fallen into the same trap of trying. Well, I tried to read my Bible more. I, I, I tried to pray more. I, I tried sharing my faith. I tried to stop lusting. That, that, that I tried to be that one that would give back to God more. That I tried to stop worrying. That I tried. And, and in American Christianity, we're seeing so much of, of people that have a Christian faith that they, they, they tried something for a little bit and they gave up. Even to the point where many, you guys get a gold star though, where many tried going to church and gave up. I tried. I tried going to church, but the people there, they're so rude. They're, they're not friendly. They don't, they don't care about me. They'll talk about the pastor. They'll talk about the music. I, I tried, and they've just given up because they tried. And I think trying has become an excuse for a lack of commitment. I tried. That you really don't hear people talk about, well, I committed. And then they tell their story. You don't hear that. It's, I tried. And then here's my sad story. And we do. We go, I'm, I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying not to eat the whole thing, but, but it's, it's really good. Right? That we tell ourselves, I'm trying to spend more time with my family, but... But work's just so demanding right now that I, that I, that I can't. I, I, I tried to quit smoking. But life's just got so much stress that I can't quit right now. I, 
I tried to make better choices, that I tried to be nice, I tried to be responsible, but, 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 but. I, I, I tried. And that, that we've got this, and trying won't deliver your desired results. It won't. It's training delivers your desired results. It's a lot like talking about discipline and desires. It, the desires don't deliver desirable results. It, it's discipline that delivers desirable results. So what do we need to do? We need to stop trying and start, anybody guess? Training. That we need to start training. That trying, it just doesn't last long, but training creates an entirely different mindset. So I want us to look at the difference between training training versus trying, trying versus training, and to, and to be able to look at this difference together. That when we look at this and when we see this, that when it comes to trying, trying, it attempts change. That, that's what trying does. It, it attempts it. I, I'm, I'm gonna attempt to make a change. What, what does training do? Training, it achieves change. That's training. That, that trying, it's minimal commitment. It's just minimal. It's, it's, there's not a whole lot to, I'll, I'll give it a little bit, but, but it, it's not going all in. And, and training, it commits wholeheartedly. That, that's training. Trying, you know what trying does? It safeguards failure. It's like, a, hey, I I, I'm, I'm going to put this little back here, a little, little in my back pocket, because I'm, I'm going to try, but, but I'm not convinced. I'm not sure I'm going to get there. I'm not sure I'm going to succeed. But I'm, so I'm going I'm to safeguard that, that I might fail, but, but at least I'm going to try. Oh and, oh, and I did fail, so, but, 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 but I tried. And, and so that's, that's what trying does. You know what training does? It safeguards focus. I'm, I'm, I'm focused. I, I got my blinders on. I'm not. I'm, 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 I'm in it, and I'm in it to win it. And it goes at it wholeheartedly. When, when we look at it, trying, it's wishful thinking. It's, it's, it's just wishful, very wishful thinking. And but training, it thinks purposefully. Everything with purpose. I'm, I'm in it. What, what do I need? Because I want to get to these results. And so it, it has this purposeful thinking to it. And trying, it's motivated by feelings. I feel fat. I need to go on a diet. Because it's motivated by, by feelings, what, what we feel. But, but training is so much different because training is motivated by responsibility. That we see the responsibility. I, I, I've got to go into training. I've got to do this because I'm responsible for. You know who every single one of us is responsible for? We're responsible for me. You know, when I, when I think about really understanding this, being motivated by responsibility, I, I think there's one thing out there that kind of, it just kind of rises to the surface that we get reminded of. It keeps coming around and around and around to us. We keep going, wow, that's somebody motivated by responsibility. Olympic sports. Olympians, they're motivated by responsibility. They are responsible. And, and, and they training, 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 training. There's probably some of us here that, that remember Carrie Strug. And, and we remember her as, as we got introduced to her. It, Carrie was a gymnast and she started training at age three. 
She started competing at age eight. She had her first Olympic go round when she was 14. And she medaled, but she didn't get any gold. But she came back in 1996. And she had the eye of the tiger. And many of us remember that 1996 Olympic if we're old enough. And maybe you need to be a little, you're like, yeah, that name sounds familiar. Or maybe you're somebody you've never heard of her and don't know what she did and what she accomplished. Well, I've got a little clip I want you to see that'll show you just what she did. And it was training, not trying, that got the results that she was after. US gymnast Kerry Strug made her first Olympic Games appearance in 1992. Standing at just one meter and 41 centimeters, Strug's tiny frame contained a tough, experienced competitor. She was part of the team that won a bronze medal in the all-around behind Romania and the unified team of former Soviet republics. Serious injuries plagued the next few years of Strug's career, but at the 1996 Games in Atlanta, she was back and ready for another shot at that elusive gold medal. She was a member of the US team, led by Bella Caroli, a coach famous for the incredible physical demands that he placed on his athletes. For decades, the event had been dominated by the USSR. In 1996, it was a strong field, with the Russian and Romanian teams emerging as the main contenders. After a closely fought contest, the US was leading going into the final event, the vault. It was down to 14-year-old Dominique Mochianu to seal the win. She needed to score 9.430 to secure the gold for the US. Maybe it was too much pressure for such a young girl. It wasn't enough. Kerry was left to pick up the pieces. The crowd was on its feet. But Kerry wasn't. Just like Mochianu, she couldn't stick the landing. The bad news didn't end there. Strug had heard a snap. Strug had torn two ligaments in her ankle. In normal circumstances, that would mean the end of her Olympic Games. The US needed one last solid vault to seal the nation's first ever gold medal in the team all around. Kerry wasn't ready to go home with a silver medal and neither was Bella Caroli. He told Strug they needed her to go one more time to ensure their victory against the Russians. She prepared for her second and final vault. All eyes were on her as she sprinted down the runway. The US had their first gold medal in the team all around.
the sheer determination and heart shown by Strug had secured her place in Olympic history. The team went home as heroes, but it was Strug who had provided the iconic moment. Pain is temporary, pride is forever. Man, if that doesn't get your heart, you need to do a heart check. It wasn't that Carrie says, well, I'm just going to be a trier. She had set her heart and her gaze and knew what she was after. She went into training. That's what Paul tells us, even about our Christian faith, that, that listen, uh, Satan's coming after us. And, 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 and life is a competition and competing against what he's throwing at us and living our life for him. And, and if we're going to run the race to win, we have to, what? We have to go into strict training in order to live a life that's going to honor God. That, that we shouldn't just try to please God. We shouldn't just try to honor God. That we shouldn't just try to follow God. These are all things that we train to do. That, that we would train to honor him. That we would train to please him, that we would train to follow him, that this is what we would do. And Paul, who was mentoring Timothy, young Timothy, he actually shared this with him in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. He says, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourselves to be godly. That it's, it's training. And what is, what is training? What does this actually look like? It's push yourself to do what you can today. That's what we, when you push yourself to do what you can today to strengthen yourself to do even more tomorrow. That, that's what training is. It, it's a push. I'm, I'm going to push myself today to do whatever I can today so that I can do even more. It's going to strengthen me to do even more tomorrow. Can you drop 10 pounds today on your diet? No. Can you shave 12 seconds off your run today? Probably not. Can, can you actually be somebody that you would pay off all of your debts today? Nope. That, that you can't just drop that and make all of that happen instantly but you can train for it. And as you train for it, that you can burn some calories today, that you can do that, that, that you can eliminate some carbs today. That what can you do today? You, you, can, you can shave half a second off today. You can run an extra 50 yards today. You can do that. That's something you can do today, that, that you can reduce some expenses starting today. There's things that you can do today so that you can do, strengthen you to do even more with your tomorrows. But if all you do is try, you're not going to succeed. You'll succeed for a day, a week, but you'll end up giving up. You've got to train for it. You've got to have this mindset that you don't just try, you train. I, I'm, I'm not just trying, I'm training. That you can't become a spiritual giant today. But today, you can start reading God's word. 
and learning from it and reading on your own. And you can go into training. And training says, even when I'm reading something I don't understand, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep on reading. I'm going to look for where I can find a, a resource to help me understand what I don't understand. That, that you can start praying today. Praying for others, praying for yourself, praying for God to show you, God, what do you have for me that I'm just not seeing yet that I could, would you show me so I can begin to, to live for this? Share this last verse with you in Hebrews chapter four, verse 12. For the word of God is alive and active and it's sharper than any double-edged sword and it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. And it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Another one of those things that you should be marking if you're following along, what's the Bible do? It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And I'll tell you who doesn't want to read their Bible. Triers. That if you're somebody you just want to try to live for God, you're not going to want to read your Bible. Because what, what does it do when we begin to read it? it? It begins to judge us. It begins to show us what we've got wrong, what we need to correct, what we need to start. It's trainers. It's the people that are committed to training that are going to get into God's word. It's, those are the ones that are going to begin to understand what is in here and what does this mean. That for us, trying is hoping to become something that you aren't. That, that's, what, that's what trying is. It's just, it's just hoping to become something that you aren't. And so I'm, I'm going to try. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a trier. But training is committing to become better than you already are. That's training. I'm going to commit to become better than what I already am. That's training. There's a sense of I'm not trying. I'm not trying to be a better parent. I'm training to be a great parent. That I'm not somebody that I'm trying to have a better marriage. I'm training to have a great marriage. That when it comes to our lives and what we're doing with it, I'm not trying to be a good Christian. I'm trying to be a Christian. That I'm training to be a Christian that has great faith. It's night and day between being a trier and being somebody who's in training. And we've got to change the way we think. And if we change the way we think, it's the forerunner to changing the way that we live. And we can do this. We can change the way that we live. Last week, I shared with you that discipline will give you what you want most when you sacrifice what you want now. That's discipline. It gives us what we, it's where we find the joy in discipline because it gives us what we want most. It does this when you sacrifice what you want now. And training, training chooses what you want most. It chooses this over what you want now. When we settle for a now reward, we miss out. And so we've got to train for a future reward of what it is that, that is actually worth waiting for and sacrificing for and that we would train for this. 
What would it take for you to choose what you want most over what you want now? What would it take? I, I want this now. What would it take for you to choose now? But I, there's something I want more. What would it take to get you to give up what you want now? Sacrifice that for what you want most. I'm going to tell you the answer. A mindset of training. That's what it would take. And before you leave, what I'd love for you to do, so I'd love for you to just think for a moment and go, what is something that I can identify that's worth training for? What is something that when I leave here today, I'm going to leave with a training mentality and I'm going to start training for it instead of just trying for it. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, thank you, God, for for creating us, for, for loving us, but God, for creating us with purpose. God, that you have desires for our lives and And that we're going to live our best life when we begin to see and know what that is and we train for it. Help us, help us, God, to really have a desire so strong that we're willing to be trainers when it comes to the way that we commit to live our lives for you and not just being a trier. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen.